1: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by A Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? A Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating & Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match, and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need
0: us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse
1: Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was... At that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell.
2: You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And
3: Tyler head it's been a great week for South Carolina on the recruiting front. Still certainly plenty to talk about <laughs> on the home of the game 1075
0: The Game.
3: And welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler and Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Wes Mitchell joining me on the Love Chevrolet phone lines on uh, out of the studio today. Wes, obviously we've been talking all morning about the South Carolina baseball team and their amazing regional going 3-0 and and punching their ticket to a Super. Um, how are you feeling about what we saw this weekend?
2: Yeah, Tyler. What's up, man? Hope you're doing well today. I, I tell you what, as South Carolina was closing that thing out yesterday, and you just had a packed house at Founders Park, electric atmosphere all weekend. Um, it it kind of reminded me of of what Gamecock baseball, uh, you know, used to be like. And I, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the state of South Carolina. I grew up, um, you know, I, I was kind of in high school during Ray Tanner's first run. Uh, where they went to Omaha three straight times um, in like the early 2000s, right at the turn of the century. And then of course, uh, you know, they had the big three at the end of Ray Tanner's uh, you know time at South Carolina as well. But um, that, when people think about South Carolina baseball, especially in this state, what we saw on, you know, on Saturday night on Sunday night is sort of uh, this, what I think of, you know, with South Carolina baseball and, This is a team that's our program that's used to being in the postseason, used to being in big matchups. And um, man, I I just thought, Tyler, they played three straight, just very well played games. And uh, they were up to the challenge, they were up to the atmosphere. And, you know, kudos to Mark Kingston for um, sort of weathering the storm and uh, landing the plane, as he said.
3: Yeah, and, and, you know, uh, Kingston talked about this, that they were doing their best to try and ignore the noise, but it, it's almost impossible to tune all that stuff out cuz again we live in an age today where even if you don't get on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is people are still telling you or sending you text messages or screenshots saying hey here's what so and so said about you here's what they think you're going to do and so on and so forth and you know the the entire narrative around this team going into the regional was are they even good enough to host a regional look what they did over the course of the last month 5 and 13 5 and 13 and they're not the same team they were at the beginning of the season and and just starting with Friday night picking up that 19-1 victory over Central Connecticut State. They went out there and proved why they are in the eyes of the NCAA election committee—one of the best 16 teams in the country.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't think it could have started much better for South Carolina. That—that that was a, I, I think, a good matchup for them on Friday. Where you know th- these were some pitchers that I, I think obviously struggled to find find the zone for Central Connecticut, and this is a, an offense for South Carolina. They've been at their best when they have been able to work counts, um, take their walks, take their hit by pitches, and then, of course, make teams pay. And that was obviously what they did. And I, I think, um, you know, it's kind of like, and I believe I'm stealing this from Mark Kings, and I can't remember when he said it. I think it was on one of the pregame shows with Derek Scott. Um, it's kind of like a, a shooter in basketball w- just wants to see the ball go through the rim, you know, and I, I think with, uh, with South Carolina, they really just, all of a sudden probably were like, okay, that's that's us. That's who we were for a good part of the year, uh, you know, and what they did against Central Connecticut State. And then they were able to just carry that on over. Obviously, NC State, I, I think, pitched a little bit better than those other two teams. Uh, so that was a little bit more of a low-scoring game going into Saturday. But, you know, I, I remember, Tyler, earlier in the year, I'm sure most people do as well. This was a South Carolina team that, against these lesser opponents, um they were just hammering midweek teams. And so uh, Central Connecticut State, obviously, you know, nothing against them. No offense to them. They they obviously were a tournament team. But to me, looking at what they had on the mound, this is a team South Carolina uh, should have been able to do that too. And just going out there and doing what they did early in the year, uh, I, I think um, really gave them some momentum going into the rest of the week. And I, I thought it was very interesting too, Tyler, Kingston's comments about, going back and looking at the box scores from you know like the Florida weekend and and even before that and just doing everything he could to sort of recreate exactly what they were doing back then
3: and that Florida series was kind of the the turning point afterwards you know South Carolina sweeps the Gators and then has that, you know, midweek game off. And then, you know, going back, it was 5-13 and 13 down the stretch that culminated with them getting bounced by Texas A&M in the SEC tournament. But that led to this eight days off leading up into playing on Friday against Central Connecticut State. And we knew that those eight days were going to be beneficial from a health standpoint, getting guys back to as close to 100% as possible. We certainly saw that with the lineup over the course of the weekend, but but also from getting back to the basics, as Kingston said, of those hitting mechanics, and Colin was out there at practice on uh, either Wednesday or Thursday last week, and he talked about seeing, you know, those quick and short swings, um, you know, just in practice as opposed to the long and slower swings um, that he had seen over the course of the past month in those games when they were losing more often than not. And again, uh, like you said, you were supposed to go out there and beat Central Connecticut State in the manner that you did. But from a confidence standpoint, that showed them that, hey, this offense, we can do this. We're back on track. Yeah, no
2: doubt, man, and I I think it's almost, it it went so well for South Carolina this week at the plate, it's almost hard to even single out one guy, like I was kind of trying to think about what I was going to talk about here, and I I was going to say, well, you know, Braylon Wimmer, and him sort of being who he was this weekend, um, you know, he's sort of the guy that um, stirs the drink for South Carolina, and I still think that's the case, but then Look at what Gavin Casas did. Uh, Columbia Regional MVP, he was 6-for-13, uh, scored six runs, two doubles, six RBIs. And uh, then you sort of you think back to what Casas was doing when his team was really rolling. Um, you know, obviously when he's hitting the way he did, I, I thought his approach at the plate was as good as I have seen it, Tyler. You know, he wasn't necessarily going out there trying to just hit the ball over Williams Street. He uh, went out there, you know, hit the ball to the opposite field. Uh, stayed up the middle at times, and, and really, I, I thought, just kind of had a great mindset at the plate. But then, I mean, look off the top, James Hicks gives you a great start. Look at, um, you know, Ethan Petrie had a had a decent weekend. And, um, you know, I, I think if you just look at Will McGillis and adding him back into the lineup as well, um, it, it that to me, if this team keeps on this run, the fact that McGillis and the way Kingston described it, you know, they kept just waiting for him to see the ball pop off his bat the way it was earlier in the year. And in practice, it just was not happening, was not happening, was not happening. And then uh, I think literally leading into you know this week, it was kind of like that, that looks like Will McGillis. That looks like the guy from earlier this year. And um, he was such a spark for them at the top of this lineup. And, um, you know, that, we, we've talked about this before, and I'm sure Colin has expressed this, Tyler, on one of his many spreadsheets that he has. But that leadoff spot, um, the guys in that spot just have not performed well. And even, you know, you throw some of your better hitters in there, just literally when they are leading off the game, it has not gone that well this year. So uh, McGillis, plugging him in as the leadoff guy, um, he can hit the ball to all fields, he can hit the ball out of the park. Uh, has some swag, starts the game off right. I think that's going to be huge for this team as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. McGillis, great weekend, went 5-for-13 with five RBIs, including two home runs, uh, one of those coming in last night's game as well. And looking at this offense, scored 41 runs over the course of the entire you know three games over this weekend. And as I talked about with Colin earlier, you have to go back a full month for them to score a total of 41 runs going all the way back the Kentucky series. So so again, it's offense back on the right track, and, and when you look at what this team was doing earlier on in the season, hitting for power, home runs left and right, Petra hitting a home run seemingly every time he came up to the plate, that wasn't what scored them the runs this week. And only 10 of their runs came off of the five home runs they hit this weekend. So 75% of these runs came off of small ball situations, drawing walks, singles, doubles, those kind of things. And when you talk about going really, really deep in the postseason, trying to make a run to Omaha, those are the runs that become of, of vital importance, not the ones hitting for power usually.
2: Yeah. And I, I thought it was just a perfect combination, Tyler, of, um, Small ball, and then also making them pay. Uh, you know, there were several times. That, I mean, how often do you see a team when an opponent is struggling to throw strikes, and uh, you know, maybe a team walks two or three guys in an inning, but then uh, the team at the plate just is not ever able to actually make them pay. I, I thought the the thing that was so impressive for South Carolina this week is that they took their walks. Uh, you know, they took their hit by pitches, but then they really, when they had opportunities, they did damage as well. So I, I thought it was a great just combination of taking what was there, but then when they had their opponents on the ropes, they really uh, made them pay for it. And sometimes that was a long ball. Sometimes that was getting a big single with runners on base. Sometimes that was, uh, you know, Cassis hitting the double with runners on base. I mean, it was really from top to bottom. Even the guys, and I, I don't have I don't have Will Tippett's um, – you know, stats in front of me. But even the guys who didn't have massive weekends, statistically, um, you know, you have guys moving runners over, sacrifice flies. I mean, um, you know, really top to bottom, uh, I felt like this this lineup, for the most part, looked about like what they were for, for a good part of the year. And, you know, I think if you're a Gamecock fan, there's reason to be excited, you know, Florida's having to battle their way through their regional. We'll find out a little bit later today who South Carolina's opponent's going to be. But hey, this thing sets up pretty well for them at this point, Tyler. I mean, I, I thought getting um, you know James Hicks going two straight great starts. What you saw to Will Sanders from the pen as well. Um, you know, I think excuse me is very encouraging. And you know, I, I think just top to bottom, there's there's really very little you can look at from this weekend and um, you know, pick apart. you know, there's not there's really nothing negative to take from this. I mean, it was kind of exactly what you thought. They um you know, the Campbell game felt like it could be one of those games where maybe it was gonna be one of these like I don't know, crazy sixteen to fifteen type games, but mm-hmm. even after Campbell sort of struck back, um, it felt like South Carolina just kept adding on and sort of um you know, obviously Campbell didn't. So it, it was one of those games for me, Tyler, it felt like South Carolina was in control. Yep. But even though they were up by 4-5, 6 seven, you were always sort of waiting to see if Campbell could, could have another big inning. And, um, you know, after they had that three-run bomb, um, you know, to cut it to, I guess it would have been 7-5 at that point. Um yeah, you know, Carolina really just uh, locked
3: them down from that point forward. Yeah, in fact, the only time Carolina uh, Carolina trailed the entire weekend was when Campbell jumped up on them uh, two nothing in that first inning. South Carolina would tie the game uh, with two in the second themselves. You mentioned Will Tippett, and, and he did end up going one for nine over the course of the entire weekend. Uh, but he did have those three RBIs, like you said, working counts. You know, moving guys over. You know, uh, ground outs, sacrifices, those kind of things. Um, so even statistically from uh, an average standpoint, not the best weekend still um, you know, being a vital part of this offense and uh, getting and getting guys across the plate for Will Tippett.
2: Yeah, and and that's um you know, I, I think we've known all year long, man, if um if South Carolina's getting what they got out of the top of their order and then even the middle part of the order, if Tippett can just have good at bats and the guys sort of at the bottom of the order can um have productive at bats, then you're completely okay with that, especially, you know, with Casas. I, I thought Casas really kinda of scuffled for about a month there, didn't quite look like the guy we were used to seeing. Um, you know, I, I thought that that was maybe the most encouraging thing from this whole weekend as far as their you know, the different guys uh plate approaches and how they look now compared to the final month of the season. So I mean, again, I, I don't I don't think there's anything to nitpick from this weekend. You know everything came up aces for South Carolina, and um, kudos to the staff for like I feel like they kind of just hit the reset button. You know it's a cliche that it's a it's a new season when you go into postseason play, but um, this certainly looked like a team who was uh, taking the approach that this is a brand new season.
3: You mentioned Bull Sanders a moment ago. Uh, coming up next, we'll dive into a little bit more of his performance over the weekend and what that can mean for him going forward. You are listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. 107.5 The Game.
2: You hear us tell you about it every single day on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Firehouse Subs is not only our presenting sponsor, but also they have a sub of the day every single day. Seven ninety nine dollars for a medium, five ninety nine dollars for a small Monday's sub of the day is the Meatball Sub. It's Meatball Monday. Go to firehousesubs.com, hit the Rapid Rescue, order online, or you can get the app. Uh, They'll have it waiting on you right there on the shelf. They'll have your chips in the bag, and everything will just be efficiently put up there for you to go in, grab it, kind of enjoy your lunch without having to wait in line. Also, they have the smoke and triple stacks, three
3: meats, one
2: epic sub, Hit up our friends, Firehouse Subs, FirehouseSubs.com, and the Firehouse Subs app.
3: All hey, right, up next, talk a little bit more about Will Sanders on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. 1075, the game.
0: It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour,
3: presented by Firehouse Subs,
0: founded by firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecock. 1075, the game up left field Dylan Brewer says I've got it he waits he squeezes that will do it you can put Spurs on a regional championship South Carolina defeats Campbell 16 to 7 they go 3 and 0
3: and finish off the field here at Founders Park Derek Scott on the call for the Gamecocks Radio Network, or the final out last night's game of South Carolina, picking up the 16-7 win over Campbell. Uh, Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5. The game Brewer came down with the catch for the final out, but it was Will Sanders uh, on the mound for the Gamecocks over the, the course of those final three innings, and Wes, you brought up Will a few moments ago before we went to the break there. A guy that's had such an up and down season and we knew he was going to have a bullpen roll going into this weekend. Comes in on Friday night, does one inning, gets two strikeouts against Central Connecticut State. Comes in again last night. As I said, works the final three innings, gets the six strikeouts uh, and only gives up one hit and one walk over the course of those four combined innings this weekend. And I get it. It's a no-pressure situation when you come into both those games. Having the leads that South Carolina Carolina had but I can't think of a better scenario for a guy like Will Sanders to come in and get his confidence level back up and we saw that in his emotion each time he left the mound going back to the dugout especially last night
0: yeah
2: Tyler, he looked like a guy who um kind of had something to prove I felt like and you know he was obviously out there throwing the ball with confidence and he um sort of wanted to. Um, want to go right at the Campbell hitters. I I thought we saw, I thought, you know, on Friday that game was completely out of hand, but it was just an opportunity there for him to basically get what essentially was a live bullpen and kind of let him ease his way back in. And then I I think we all knew at that point that he was probably going to be used. He was probably going to be needed at some point during this regional. And um, you just kind of wondered when, when that would be. And, and, you know, what that would look like. Would that be an inning here? Would that be a, a, like, high leverage situation or not? And, you know, if if you look at at what this team for Campbell did, you know, through the sixth inning, Tyler, um, I mean, they had scored seven runs. And then Will Sanders comes in and just locks them down for the final three. So, I, um, you know, I I thought that was very encouraging, man. Um, You know, long-term, I think... I think he'll go back to the drawing board. Um, You know, I I think Sanders is a guy, as far as his pro career, um, you know, probably is is more of a starter. But right now, if he's got two pitches going, sort of that breaking ball and that fastball, and he can come in and just throw at maximum effort, this down the stretch, you know, going into next week, going into this super, this might be his role for South Carolina. Because obviously, you know, regionals are so different, man. For Carolina, you ended up just needing the three games. But you know there could have been a scenario there where if South Carolina would have lost one of the early games and had to come out of the losers bracket, or maybe he's having to start, there could be a scenario. You know this team gets to Omaha where he has to start a game. But for next week, the beauty of the Super Regional is that you know what it looks like. You know you know exactly how many games you have. It's a best of three. That's the same thing you've played all year long in SEC plays. You know, who can win two out of the three games? And so for South Carolina having Sanders potentially available to just come in and maybe chop off three innings at the end of a game, I I think that's something that uh, could be very valuable for them going into next week. Uh, I thought Hicks really solidified a starting spot. You know what you have with Mahoney. I think you probably, if it it were to go three games next week, you probably have a decision to make on your third starter. But I I think Will Sanders in that role, um, that that could be the ticket for him and for Carolina moving forward, at least, um, you know, to finish out this season.
3: And I agree with you. No reason to slot Sanders back into the starting rotation for the super regional for this weekend. But given how well he's pitched against Florida in the past, especially earlier on the season, where um, you know he helped South Carolina pick up that thirteen to three run rule game on that Friday night start, one of his last really good starts of the entire season. You think it's even maybe at least a conversation going on with the pitching staff of potentially having him as an idea for this weekend?
2: You know that actually is a really really good point Tyler um that was probably i don't have it in front of me that was probably his best start of the year, wasn't it um definitely one of his best starts against Florida absolutely before. um so yeah i I think you're probably looking at either can he you know Kingston likes to use the word weapon um can he be a weapon is this a guy that can maybe 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 he affects two games for you you know maybe he pitches out of the bullpen in game one and in game three, potentially. Um, you know, I I could see a scenario where if he hadn't pitched much going into a game three, that you could actually make that case to start him. But also, I think it's hard to see it playing out without him being needed in one of those first two games. Like, I, I would think there would be an opportunity to get to him. Um, you know, I, I just look at him as a guy right now, who you can kind of say, all right, you don't have to go through this lineup a second time. Uh, You know, it seems like in baseball it used to be, you know, it used to be more about, um, you know, it still is about pitch count, but now everybody talks about how many times have you been through the lineup. Is this your first time facing these guys, second time, third time? And obviously those batting averages and uh, OPS and all the stats reflect that, um, you know, going through a lineup second and third time uh, advantage to the offense. So I think for Will Sanders, if I could slot him as a guy who could maybe give me three innings for one of those three games, and then maybe give an inning or two for the other, um, you're almost kind of piecing it together a little bit. But that, but that is a good point, man. I, I mean, if it were to just so happen to play out um, that Carolina were to, let's say they they win game one. Um, and we're we're assuming it's Florida. Florida, you know, right, this, right. this thing maybe <laughs> this thing may be in Columbia, and sure. it may be Texas Tech. So, um, but it, if it is Florida, if for some reason you were to go through the first two games, which I really don't see happening, but if you were to somehow, let's say they won Game One without needing him, and then lost Game Two, and it was one of those games where it was out of hand, so you didn't want to burn your best guys. If he's sitting there having not thrown going into a game three, I I do think you got an excellent point there, man. Maybe maybe you roll Sanders out there and just say it, it, it's going to be a short leash regardless. But let's go ahead and start the game
3: off right, you know? Right. Now the hope would obviously be that, you know, you go into this weekend if it is Florida and you have Hicks on Friday, you have Mahoney on Saturday as you've been doing or whatever it ends up being Saturday, Sunday, however the schedule ends up working out and you win those first two games, you don't even have to worry about having somebody to start for that third yeah. game because it's a moot point. Um, but like you said, or, uh, you know, as we were talking about it, it's at least a potential idea on the table. Not to say that they're going to do that, but it's an option. If uh, if it's there, just given his familiarity and success against this lineup in the past,
2: yeah, it's good to have that option, Tyler. I mean, you um, you really didn't get the season out of Will Sanders, and I'm sure uh, the staff thought they would get, and that I'm sure Will Sanders thought he would be able to provide. So, um, seeing him throw the way he did over the weekend, and him being an option, even if it's not the option you thought it was going to be coming in, you know, I, I think um, you know it, it actually. sort of almost miraculous that they have been able to do what they've done this year. Like I I get all the negativity from the run where they were really struggling. But when you look at the fact that your ace, like your true ace, your guy that was supposed to be your dude, Tyler, was um, really not your dude this year. And Will Sanders and then Noah Hall, who sort of had taken on that role and was your best pitcher, um, missed most of the season. The fact they've been able to get to where they are um, actually is uh, it's quite impressive. So now you have Sanders at the very least. It's not the role you thought it would be, right? but at least you have him in a position to, to help make an impact.
3: Speaking of that super regional, it is Florida and Texas Tech taking on each other today at noon. You can see that game on ESPN. Who would you rather face? We'll talk about that next. The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour.
0: 107.5, The Game. If you are looking for that perfect gift for someone,
2: like I've been telling you all for the last month as well, if you have a graduate in your family, in your life, and you want to get that brand-new diploma uh, framed up, uh, give our friends over at Goldline Framing a call, 803-739-1337. It's right across the river in West Columbia. That's 511 12th Street. Again, West Columbia, South Carolina, right across the road from uh, that big cone in the sky over there at Zesto's, um, 803-739-1337. Open Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Again, from diplomas to original artwork to canvases, jerseys, and flags, they can help you with all of your custom framing needs. Also have a great art gallery along with home decor, furniture, and gift items in store. Yeah, that's our friends at Gold Line Framing. That's West Columbia, South Carolina, 803-739-1337.
3: Reg- or options for the Super Regional. Who would you rather face? Coming up next on Giving Our Central Takeover Hour, sent by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game.
0: Central Takeover
3: Hour. Presented by
0: Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. There's a shot down the right field line. It's going to hunt. It's going to hunt to the corner. One is in. Two is in. They're going to be at the corner. with two outs clutch hit from Gavin Cassis. We said it today. We said it last night. What a relief watching him swing the bat like he did a couple of months ago. He is locked in right now. Every at-bat for two days has
3: resulted in solid contact. And that was a smoke-base hit. Tommy Moody, Derek Scott on the call for the Gamecocks Radio Network. That was Gavin Cassis getting RBI against NC State in Saturday's game, one of six RBIs that he had over the course of the weekend where he went 6 for 13 at the plate. We'll go back into the Gabe Cox Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5. The game, Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell along with you. And obviously, great weekend for South Carolina. They now turn their attention to a Super Regional waiting to see who their opponent's going to be. Again, Florida and Texas Tech down in Gainesville coming up at noon on ESPNU. And it's kind of a little bit of a toss-up who you would rather face. Obviously, getting Texas Tech means you would be playing at home, but this is a Texas Tech team that's played a lot of good baseball as of late. They've beaten the likes of UConn, already beaten Florida once. They beat Oklahoma and West Virginia in the Big 12 championship game, lost a tight one to Oklahoma State, a team that hosted a regional themselves. But on the flip side of things, yeah, you'd be going down to Gainesville, but this is a Florida team that you already swept earlier on in the season.
2: Yeah, I um, I still lean towards the opportunity to have a Super Regional here in Columbia, Tyler. Um, you know, that, those were three great atmospheres over the weekend. And uh, to be able to pack Founders Park, uh, you know, two or three more times, uh, I think would be really cool for the program, really cool for the fans. And, um, you know, that would kind of be my tiebreaker. Obviously, like you pointed out there, Texas Tech uh, – this this would not be some guaranteed trip to Omaha for South Carolina. They would have to keep playing well and um, you know keep doing all the things they did this past weekend. If they're going to beat this team, obviously they uh, you know have have been really really good down the stretch. But Florida, obviously, we know what they can do. I know South Carolina swept them earlier this year, but um, you know they're they're probably going to be out for blood and out for revenge. Uh, going down there is uh, is pretty it's a pretty difficult place to play. So it would be, I do say, I will say this. I think if you could guarantee that South Carolina would win the thing, maybe there are some fans out there that would love to go to Omaha by going through Florida. Sure. Like uh, I think there's some fans that would think that'd be pretty, pretty fun. But you know, man, the chance to do it at home and the chance to celebrate on your home field and to have, you know, a few more great atmospheres, I I don't think you can turn that down.
3: Again, Florida and Texas Tech coming up today at noon um, on ESPNU to uh, decide when, uh, who and where South Carolina is going to be playing this upcoming weekend in the Super Regional. Taking a look around the country at some of the other Super Regionals, obviously the SEC had a lot of hosts, going into this weekend. A couple of surprises, though, of teams not making out of of their own regional, uh, those being Vandy and uh, Auburn.
2: Yeah, man, and I think it just goes to show you, Tyler, I mean, there's a lot of good teams around the country. There's a lot of parity in college baseball. Just because you're hosting, just because you had a great year, there are no guarantees that you're going to be able to get out of a regional. And you know the, the way these regionals are set up, and uh, you know I know they've been set up this way for a long time. But man, if you really you've got to play good ball those first two games because uh, you know starting two and zero is such a big advantage. Um, you know, it, just the way these regionals are structured, and if you lose one of those first two and have to come out of the losers bracket, even if you're a really good team, even if you um, you know, or a team that's built to do it, or a team that has a lot of pitching, it, it can be very difficult to do, man. I think the stat coming into this year was that 81% of teams that start out 2-0 and go on to win their regionals. So, um, you know, it, it's just difficult in baseball. You know, as you know, man, it's such a game that there's some luck involved. Um, you know, you, you don't want to put your season in the hands of fate, and whether or not... Uh, a dribbler to the left side sneaks through past the shortstop or doesn't. Uh, You know, this is a game where you want to take the luck out of it by sort of staying in command. It's kind of like poker. Sometimes it's more about percentages than anything. So um, for South Carolina, just the way they took care of business, obviously was nice. And you're seeing some of these other teams. I mean, obviously Gamecock fans took quite a bit of uh, joy in watching Clemson lose and – you know, I, I sat there and watched a good bit of the final, I guess, ninth inning on of that Clemson-Tennessee game. And you're sitting there going, whoever wins this game probably is going to win the regional because the whoever loses it is going to have to turn right, right, right back around, get up, play an early game tomorrow, and then, you know, win another game and then another game. So it was going to be very, very difficult on whoever lost that game once it went as deep as it did. But um, I'll tell you what, the other thing that just has caught my attention, Tyler, how about some of the individual performances out there? Um, The kid for TCU hitting two grand slams in the first two innings of a game.
3: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, Jack Hagley on as well uh, out there with Florida again, a team that you might have to uh, face this weekend firing on all cylinders down there for the Gators. Uh, so yeah, a lot of great performances this weekend. Uh you know, you look at you mentioned Clemson and Tennessee. They went 14 innings on Saturday night and like you said Clemson losing that game had to turn around and play Charlotte early on Sunday morning, early in Sunday afternoon, losing that game 2 to 3, and then Tennessee took care of uh, Charlotte 9 to 2 to advance out of that regional themselves.
2: Yeah, that uh, that Tennessee Clemson game though may be one of the best games we've seen all year long. Had a little bit of everything. Had some drama. Obviously, had some drama of all kinds. Um, had some instant replays. Had some umpires um, wanting to steal the show a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's been it's been a really really good weekend for the regionals and for college baseball in terms of there being upsets, exciting games, and, um, you know, really just a little bit of everything. And uh, I think it sets up for us to have some really, really exciting supers to watch next week as well. But, um, you know, it should be some decent games today, I think, in terms of these teams fighting it out trying to get there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of games going on today. Of course, Florida and Texas Tech, have, as I've mentioned, a couple of SEC teams, uh, LSU and Arkansas, playing some double headers. LSU going to be taking on Oregon State at noon at or at excuse me at two o'clock and six, and then Arkansas and TCU playing games at 3 and 9 o'clock. Those uh, regionals moved around a little bit because of weather, but uh, plenty of other teams got Duke and Coastal Carolina, uh, Indiana and Kentucky, Texas A&M and Sanford. So plenty of baseball to watch over the course of the day as we uh, find out who's going to be in the Supers coming up next weekend. Uh, Up next, uh, closing out today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Not only was it a great weekend for baseball, it was a great weekend on the recruiting front as well. As a couple of key visitors made their way to Columbia looking to p- potentially be Gamecocks in the future. Talk about that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. then by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour.
0: 107.5 The Game.
1: All right. Any parents out there like me, you know you would do absolutely anything for your kids. And that's why it's so important to protect them with life insurance from State Farm. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup will help make it easy and affordable to help you protect your kids, your family, no matter what the future holds because for the people you do anything for, life insurance could mean everything. Call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup in the Midlands today, 803-772-5554. Let her help your family just like she helped mine. Amy's a South Carolina native and a local agent and she and her team can give you a personalized quote on life insurance to protect your kids, protect your family, help meet your needs and help you save again a local agent Amy Mason Cup, State Farm. Her office is right off of I-26, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. You can visit her website for more information, amymasoncup.com. Again, that's State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup. Life insurance to protect your kids and your family, 803-772-5554, amymasoncup.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: Takeover Hour.
1: Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by
0: Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecock 107.5 The Game. This should be played at high volume. Preferably in a residential area.
3: And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 Game. Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell along with you on this Monday morning in Uh, Wes, I was uh, talking with Chris on Friday as he was out at the uh, first of the Shane Beamer football camps for this summer and gave us a lot of insight into what was going on out there. That was kind of the start of the weekend as there were a lot of visitors here for uh, Gamecock football from a recruiting standpoint. And uh, from what I've been reading from you guys on GamecockCentral.com, a lot of good things said about this program from these guys that were in town.
2: Yeah, Tyler, for those who don't really uh, follow recruiting closely out there, June has just become a huge month in recruiting. That's when a lot of these guys take their official visits, and then obviously that's when South Carolina and schools around the country host prospects for their camps as well, uh, 10 camp days in June. But, yeah, as far as the official visitors go this weekend, South Carolina hosted six guys, all uncommitted, you know, we've we've actually for those who are subscribers on Gamecock Central. We've talked to four of them at this point, working on uh, getting some feedback from the final two. But um, you know, half of these guys were four star guys. Half of these guys were three star prospects, and it, it really sounded like not that this is a surprise because generally official visits almost always go well. Right? Went well with all four, or excuse me, with all six guys. Um, From what we've heard, and certainly the four we talked to, gave very, very positive uh, reactions. And I think Carolina really made some big moves here. Um, Lewis Solomon, he's a four-star athlete out of Georgia, and uh, South Carolina wants him as a defensive back. This has kind of become a South Carolina-Florida State battle, and um, he actually told us that after this weekend that South Carolina is out front right now. He's still got his Florida State official visit coming up uh, in, a, in a few weeks, so that'll be something to monitor. Uh, Parker Livingstone was a four-star receiver out of Texas, and um, it was going to be very difficult coming in to beat out the University of Texas. I think that's kind of been the leader here, but uh, this was his first visit to South Carolina and I think really opened his eyes to the program. So That's something to keep an eye on there. And then an intriguing guy is Braylon Russell. He's a four-star running back out of Arkansas. Interestingly enough, he was committed to Arkansas at one point, and uh, one of his recruiters there was actually Dow Loggins. So uh, he was committed there. He decommitted a while back. He's sort of going through the process now. This was his first ever visit to South Carolina as well, and uh, just uh, really, really gave stronger views and uh, I think understands that there's a chance to play at South Carolina. This, is, uh, th- this guy would really fit what they want to do. Uh, about six one, two hundred
3: and thirty five 235 pounds, so uh, a true uh, big back, Tyler. And obviously you said June, a very, very important month, for getting these guys on campus, and we've talked about it. They've kind of split things up a little bit differently this year with how they're handling the uh, on-campus uh, visits for the month of June.
2: Yeah, they have. So basically last year you had two big June official visit weekends, and – Then there were some guys rolling in just sort of whenever it worked out, like they were doing. You know, if a guy could only come in the midweek, you just sort of make it work. Well, this year they have spread it out a little bit more. There are three big official visit weekends. South Carolina obviously just had one. They're going to have another this upcoming weekend. That would be June 9th. And then they'll have uh, have the weekend off, but that next weekend – is not a big weekend, and then June 23rd, which actually, even though that's not the last weekend of June, that is the last weekend that you can host visitors on the recruiting calendar. So um, that final weekend of official visits will be a huge weekend. Like they'll they'll probably have the most that they have at any point this year during that June 3rd or June 23rd weekend. Um, many of the guys actually that are committed to South Carolina will be in for that weekend and then they will strategically have some top uncommitted guys. Um, you know, you look at your Daniel Hills of the world, your Dylan Storts of the world, Jonathan Paler, all four-star, highly regarded prospects, all guys that South Carolina really, really wants. And so they'll, um, they'll again, strategically have them in the same weekend that South Carolina uh, is going to have in pretty much their entire committed class uh, in town.
3: All right, uh, we'll continue to keep our eye on that and obviously watch what happens between Florida and Texas Tech. First pitch coming up in just a couple of minutes over on ESPNU to see who South Carolina ends up taking on in the Super Regional. This weekend, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs, Wes, hope to see you in studio tomorrow. Uh, Tyler Head, uh, coming up next is the halftime show with Jay and Terry here on one hundred by The Game